All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Guys, I need help. Okay. Help. Tonight, you're going to help me again with my lineup. For the upcoming game week 12. Why? Because you had such a good week this last week, Scott? I, I did have a decent week. I scored 76. You did. I had a little had you buy a little bit more. You but did. Look, what was the average this week? It, it felt like even though I had a, it was, a it, 78, Brian, I, it didn't feel like I gained much on people. It was 62 was the average this week, which is which was good. I mean, that's, yeah, a, good, good, that's a good average. So. Yeah, if well, you got seventy-eight, Dave. Players, you, you did it. Yeah, you got you got points from you got points from where, from the players that that, that you kind of count on every week. So we're gonna go through the dream team from game week eleven as we always do. We are recording this just hours from the conclusion of game week eleven. We're gonna go through the dream team. It's a lot of name brand players for FPL, unlike last week's dream team, which is why the average is so much higher. We're going to look ahead to game weeks 12, 13, and 14. Not all at once. We'll focus on 12. But we're sitting here just after game week 11 ended, and game week 12 is going to be this coming weekend, and then 13's in the midweek after that, and then 14's in the following weekend. And so you know, we are not able to be as responsive as the league is requiring us with all of these games, especially that midweek game week. So we're going to we're going to kind of look generally to the future, uh, but especially to game week 12 as we go through this podcast. We're going to talk about a couple of really important FPL storylines in this podcast. Number one, we're going to keep revisiting the Kane and Son storyline because it's all been about hold on to or sell we're going to revisit that in light of the north london derby we're, we're definitely going to repeat the things that we are right on that's true we're also going to talk about dcl and whether or not you should sell because that has been a very hot button issue uh, on fpl twitter over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, we we predicted that coming and it's here and we're yeah. going to talk about that even though he had a good week as well we're also going to bring back a couple of segments that you definitely love we've got a bad beat of the week that dave i know you and i shared in during game week 11 um, we're going to do we're going to bring back first time in a few weeks how to say with brian jay is going to be back tonight boy is it a doozy this is so deserved and i am pumped for this yeah i am too it's going to be really great yeah and uh, if Dave wants to have an Arsenal moment, we will give him that chance just because. Oh, Lord. Just because. Just because. Just yeah. to have pity on me. Yeah. We're going to end this episode. You know what? I, I, I don't have an open letter written, but you know what? All-star listener, Ryan, I'm going to play the music, and I'm going to pour a beer out and just, just openly Is it going to be I Started a Joke by the Bee Gees? I, I'm just. Wow, Brian, that's a deep cut there. Can it be? 
I mean, maybe. Play it under. No. Play it no, under. Play it be, under. Play it under everything I it's say. It's got to be the old sappy music that the the weird little piano tune that I play for the open letters. Oh, okay, that's, okay. That's okay. what brings okay. it all together. Okay. At the okay. end of this episode, we're going to talk about what we're going to do with our squads, okay. transfers, and captains going into game week twelve, and we're going to revisit our FPL podcast, FPL America podcast league. And to see who our top scorer was from game week eleven. Nice. So I haven't looked. I, Super Frank's eleven. I'm looking at you. What did he crack? I, did I he don't crack know. 100? I don't know. I haven't looked. I want to. When I look, when Scott tells me later, I better see good things from Some, him. He's somebody, always talking trash on me. Somebody got. Somebody got a hundred. You want to get on with it now? That's a lot we're gonna do here. I'm excited about this episode. We're gonna have to blaze, dude. We're gonna blaze. All right. Let's get on with it. Get on with what happened in game week eleven. Let's start with the dream team as we did last week. Let's do it this week. The top scoring goalkeeper, according to the homepage of the FPL website, is this kid from Liverpool who made his debut. We're not going to talk about him yet. I'm going to tease this out a little bit. We're going to talk about him later. Is he the only one that pod. got a clean sheet? Not because that score so. is seven is not high. I don't. It's not. True. But in his debut, he makes the dream team. That's a whole lot better than. Uh, the wonderfully acronymed BPF did last week in his Premier League debut. Okay. Uh, but we'll come back to uh, to Kelleher later on. I think I said that right. There are three defenders who made the dream team. Sticking with Liverpool, Joe Joel Matip made mm-hmm. the dream team. Yes, he did. Yannick Vestergaard of Southampton and Kurt Zuma round out the defense. Yes, you because, cannot get rid beca- of Vestergaard. Because, of course, him. yeah, like, there's nothing I can really say about it at no. this point. No. And, and Scott, there's Zuma. Leading the way. It's true. I jumped on the Zuma train really early. That had to help you. Pretty happy about it. Yeah. I wish I would have jumped on um, the Vestigar train. No, I think uh, the only other guy that had a shot at it would have been Lloris, uh for Spurs in in goal. But uh, I don't know that he got oh, yeah. he might He might have only had six. Well, see, you have to play against a team that actually shoots at the That's goal true. to make a save. And, and has shots on target, yeah. too. So That's if Lloris doesn't have to do anything all game, he's just going to get a six. Lloris yeah. did have a six, yep. yep. Uh, so the defenders, there's a couple of guys here that you some, – some of our listeners, a lot of our listeners probably have, at least one of them. I do not, but I'm stubborn that way, I guess. I'm going to talk about my squad later when you guys help me out. Then I'll explain why I don't have Vestergaard or Zuma. Moving into the midfield, <laughs> this is a blockbuster five-man midfield, and this is why a lot of people – I mean, this is, this is why the average score was 62. Wolf Zaha, highest oh, scorer of the week with 18, followed by KDB, Mo Salah, Son, and Raheem Sterling. That is your dream team midfield for the week. Yeah. And a lot of people – you work hard enough, you might be able to have that. I don't know. It, it might be too much, too and much nothing money. Else. <laughs> well, too much true. money. True. <laughs> you you um, can easily have four of those five. True. Maybe five of five. Well, I, I mean, I know what it, I know what it was going to look like for me. Uh, whenever I was going to try to even add uh, KDB or Sterling to my existing midfield, which has some cheap folks in it. And it's not easy because of what it ha- what it costs you elsewhere, and that's the way it normally is in this game. So, yep. no big surprises. But yeah, uh, I wish I had said it. I mean, I I, I said it uh, in text messages or in in chats elsewhere, but not on the podcast anywhere, and certainly not in written form. I, I just think that the the Raheem Sterling having dropped uh, in not only in price, you know, he was down to eleven point four. 
coming into this match. But just that his ownership is is four percent less than five percent, which yeah. is, and I think every like you know there's there's nobody that two good matches in a row. I mean, if, if he puts two matches together well, you don't want to ever miss Raheem Sterling's form. The only danger here was whether or not he was going to play, or whether or not he yeah. would start, yeah. or whether or not he would play more than half. And he does, and of course he immediately scores Yeah, but all the fireworks were early in this one. We'll yes. get to this match later. Yes. It looked like it was going to be another 5-0. Oh my goodness. But it yeah. wasn't. Fulham held strong, and so KDB and Sterling had a great start, and then it just fizzled. After I kept that. thinking that they had a chance. If Fulham just could get one misstep from John Stones, which isn't asking much, <laughs> no, and, and or some, get a break. Yeah. If Fulham could catch a break, they're down one, and now anything can happen. Then they maybe could snag a point. Yeah, just they could just never get it. But you're right. The early game felt like, e, this is going to be mm-hmm. a slammer," and then it wasn't. Okay, yeah. so here's my struggle with my lineup, and this is this is this is the equivalent to a a first world problem in FPL. Yes. Okay. All right. I have in my midfield. And this is where you guys are going to start helping me. By out, the way, we're you talking might as well about just be naming my team as well as you have. Slowly copied me through through everything, and, yeah. and now you're, you're in right. first place. Yeah, it's true. I uh, am in first place. What place are you in, Dave? I am not in first place. Yeah. Even though are I, you in I've second place? Been outscoring you recently. I don't know mm. why I'm not. Anywho, go ahead. Captains. Captain, that is true. Well, well said. That is <laughs> honestly, that's probably the difference. I think I've had one week where my captain didn't reach double digits. Oh, I think I've had one week where. I have. I did, <laughs> and that's the sixty points right there, ladies and gentlemen. It's not rocket science this oh, game, no. uh, but it is fun to play. All right, so here's my midfield. Here's our midfield, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sala, Bruno. Yep. Son. Yeah. Joda and Socek. Okay, so there's two tiers there, right? You have Joda and Socek. I've chosen those guys as my quote unquote discount midfielders. I don't feel the need to change those. No. no Even no. though Joda came off the bench, this was his turn to come off the bench. I called it on last week's pod. This I was know, going to happen. No, and it, it, it was yeah. killing me when when the lineup came out. And I'm like, golly, I should have started Socek. I, I just. I'm with you on that. We'll come back to Joda uh, later on as well. But Sala, Bruno, and Son are one, two, and three in my lineup. Now I would love KDB, but which one of those guys should I sell? Which one? None. None of them. I mean, I, I just it, it's, no. it's. I don't know if you can pick wrong there, Brian. I mean, you, I, I just especially no, I mean, with a Manchester derby coming up next week. I feel like I've got a week where I. I mean, KDB could put up fifteen more fantasy points in that in that derby. No, I don't think so. But I don't think he will, and it gives me an excuse. Not now. If I had him, I'd keep him, of course, and I'd play yeah, him. That's that's the tough thing going into this week. That's the worst thing about your matchup is that the Manchester teams play each other because you definitely wouldn't lose Sun playing Crystal Palace. And nope. I don't think that I think like that's the one like kind of uh, oasis there in the desert they're in. And then Salah's playing yeah, Fulham. And then, you're, and then the, the issue of how many Liverpool players I think can you fit in? Or <laughs> right. Is there any indication that Jota or somebody else is going to get rested for this match? I think they'll both play. Right. You know, obviously, I mean, traveling to Denmark for the Champions League in midweek is going to tell us a lot, too. Right. We don't know that as we sit here. I have Bruno. I'm not going to send out Bruno to bring in KDB when yeah. they play. You know, If United does anything in that derby, it's probably going to go through Bruno if it's I, not super fluky. So I say all that to say I would love to go to KDB or Sterling, but I don't have a, def- a midfielder that I need to get rid of to do that. Yeah, I want to bring up something that might be somewhat counterculture here. 
I know that Fulham is in the bottom of the table, and it seems like everybody kills them or should kill them. But people don't. This is the scores of their last, I don't know, games all season. 1-0, 1-1, 1-2, 2-0, 1-0, 3 Everton get match, 1-2, 2-0. They it's don't true. get killed. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, so they, it might it, seem like they're going to get killed. Yeah, it's definitely. I will be somewhat surprised, yeah. even though Liverpool obviously is one of the best offensive teams in the, in the in the league. It will be against everything else they've done currently this season if they roll into that match and get killed and do a wool and do what they did to wool. It's not right. It's definitely not the Fulham team that was playing so poorly five weeks ago. Six weeks ago. They're better than they were week one against Arsenal, for sure. Right. It's a whole different defense at the same time. And Scott Parker has them believing they can stick together and see this thing out. Okay. I want to throw out a disclaimer here. That was just their last four matches. Their first three matches of the year, three or more goals were scored in each of those against them. So, right. Different defense since then. Again. And, ever, and, and ironically. And, and, no one, and no one to put any offensive pressure. It wasn't until week four that Adamola Lookman. Yep. Got there and really and, started. Yep, and really started helping. Ina started in the defense. Yes, benching Mitrovic has definitely helped them. Ina starting in the defense, and he started in week four. And so when that happened, all of a sudden, the, whether he's the reason or Scott Parker made other changes, but I'm just saying, look, I know everyone's gonna lick their chops and go, "Holy crap, Salah away, Fulham, sign me up." Dave, the and, I'm, and look, Sol- Solo might get a goal and an assist. He might get two goals, honestly. Yeah. I'm just saying, I would be surprised if he has a hat trick. Sure. There might be sure. other matchups that will actually be better from those big heavy. Yeah, guys. you're going to have to talk yourself out of, of captaining a Liverpool player, especially Salah. He should be 60% captain next week. Uh, to, prove, to, to prove your point, I'm looking at the, the four guys who, generally speaking, have been the defense for Fulham. None of them played for Fulham till game week four, so there, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's it's 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 pretty incredible what they've yeah. been able to do. Uh, all right, and then rounding out the dream team, going to the front line. There were two forwards who made the dream team. It was <laughs> Harry Kane, no surprise there. And say it, say his name, put respect on it, say it right. Dave, your boy, Super Frank's eleven, Ryan. He reached out to us on Facebook before I had a chance to finish this match. And he goes, well, I guess I know who's not winning the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award this <laughs> <Yes>. week. <laughs> Touche. When I finally got the chance to see what he was referring to, I sent back a lot of laughing emojis. Oh, yes. Christian Super Benteke, yes. top, top scoring forward. Scored as many goals in this match as he scored all of last season. Way to go, <laughs> Christian Benteke. He looked like a player this that week. First, yeah. That first one was a decent header. Yeah. I give him full well, credit for that. But then the other, the other collection in the middle turn around and launch into the net like that was that was a great play that dance is still dumb well can he put two m- good matches together in a row that aren't assist, ooh, ooh, assist, I'll bet. assist I'll bet on that. i'll bet on that the answer is no all right good luck finding someone to take that bet. Uh, yeah, by yeah. the way yeah i was gonna say he's he's playing Mourinho spurs defense right so there's no chance. All right, so that's the Dream Team from Game Week 11. Now let's go into the matches a little bit. Let's start uh, with the first one. It was supposed to start on Friday. As everyone knows now, Villa-Newcastle did not happen. COVID interfered and, with the match. And doubt of this coming week's match with Newcastle. And uh, who do they play? Brighton? Is that this coming weekend? Wolves. No. Who's, who's Newcastle's? 
West Brom and Newcastle uh, incre- doubt in increasingly doubtful that that match is going to happen as well. So keep it. We'll keep an eye on that. That's interesting because that's a matchup. I mean, you have Villa West Brom back to back. This is why everyone went to Callum Wilson last week. Yes, but obviously, you know these postponements are brutal. Obviously, we don't know as we record if if the West Brom match will be postponed, but we know the Villa one was. So there's nine matches to cover. The first one that started things off Saturday for here in the States, Saturday morning. Burnley won, Everton won. This was an interesting match, but this is where we have to talk about Dominic Calvert-Lewin again. Don't you want to talk about the pointless FPL goal of the season candidate scored by Robbie Brady, owned by 0.001% of FPL managers? Is that a real percentage? 2,956 total managers owning Robbie Brady, only his second start of the season, assisted by Ashley Westwood, owned by just 0.4% of managers, which is just over 33,000 people. Pointless FPL goal of the season. That's pretty close. In a segment we like to call. Hey, on Twitter during the match, I, I pointed out that that we got the the uh, Robbie Brady double. Nice goal from twenty plus yards out. Sure. Injury Subbed out early with a leg injury. <laughs> that is the Robbie Brady double. Nice. Yes. That's, that's um, no, I I don't want to talk Why about that. Are you rooting against him? I'm not. I if he. I mean, listen. There are guys whose bodies just can't hold out, and they have the talent. Robbie Brady's one of those guys who's he's had the talent for years. It's just yeah. his body won't let him. And we've seen that, you know, there's a category a of those of good, guys. Yep, there's a lot of good players. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, we've talked about how, you know, the story of the season is quickly going to become when do you sell him. <laughs> this match, the first half was all about if, if DCL doesn't do something, I'm out on, on FPL Twitter. He, I'm selling him next week. I'm going to Callum Wilson was right. what a lot of people were saying. Then the second half he scores, and it's like, Cal- there he is, DCL. Doing what he always does. And the reality is, and I said this right after that match ended, if you look at Dominic Calvert-Lewin's scores, he has given you a return. And by return, I mean five points or more, which you can't be upset about five points or more in a week. Mm -mm. He has done that nine out of the 11 matches this season, including in game week 11. It's unbelievable. And at that price, whenever whoever bought him at whatever price – if you sell him now, especially if you're like me and you owned him from the beginning, mm-hmm. if you sell him and then try to buy him back in four or five weeks for whatever reason, if you want to bring him back in, you're losing a crap ton of money that you have there in value. So I'm just saying, like, yeah, you are ca- also cashing in on a certain amount of money because that's the only way you get that money is if you sell him. But it's going to be expensive to buy back. So make sure you're in yeah. a position where you're not going to buy him back. You don't you you, you want to know when you sell but him, why he's out. Why would you out. sell him? He's up to 8 now. He's why? gained a full no, you, pound. Why you'd, would you sell him? You'd sell him to shoot for the upside of someone with either better matchups or somebody who's doing more offensively. The goal that's, that's the only that's the only reason why and and in this match his counterpart outscored him. And this is exactly the point of what, I mean, yes, great that Calvert-Lewin finishes with six points here. Richarlison had seven. So that, and, and this was the issue. It's the, it's the issue that is with every set of teammates. If one of them is more expensive than the other and the other is cheaper and is performing at or, or above their level, it's it's a question you have to Brian, ask. Brian, this is only the second time this season though that Richarlison's outscored DCL. And I know Richarlison had those, you know, he had the, the the three matches missed with the red card. But I mean, we're talking about 78 points overall to 36. DCL is in the positions to get the easy goals, the poachers goals. Yes. I mean, like, and he 
plays better when Richarlison's on the pitch. Or he's the recipient. He's the recipient. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's, um, it, it, you yes. say this all the time. They're oh, the same position. Do you want the assister or do you want the scorer? You always want well, the scorer. But they both bring separate skill sets. And I think, that's what makes them so good playing together. Right. True. I think every match that I've seen that Richarlison has played, is the, it's the, the, the statement is made at some point, it's a miracle that this guy only has one goal in the league this season. Right. And that's true. It's yeah, not but at some point it has to just stop being about the stats. At some point it it comes down to points. True. Uh, as long as Gilfie Sigurdsson's not on the pitch, Richarlison is going to presumably take continue to take penalty kicks for them. So they can't keep not getting penalties either. I just think this match, Richarlison should. I mean, this is exactly why he gets an assist. And he gets to seven points because he gets two bonus points in a sure. match that's 1-1. And Calvert-Lewin, as a forward scorer, isn't in the top three. So gets zero bonus points. And so that's the, that's the thing. Yes, Calvert-Lewin has scored a lot of points. And, and it's pro- like, what would make you think it's going to stop? That's that, the thing. That, I mean, that, the matchups the, are tough. That's the question. The matchups yeah. are tough. I mean, they play well, Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal next three, and then City's five Chelsea, matches from but, now. What Leicester scare you? Does Leicester's no, defense? No, they scare really you? don't. Does Arsenal's defense scare you? Not right for now? DCL. The way he scores uh, his goals. That's my point. Yeah, Chelsea. No, sure, it's, it's Chelsea not, will probably it's be a, a good. But test. it's not a good. It's not a good run of matches at all. It's not great for them. You, but, but but you know what? Are you going to be the person who has sellers regret on Son and Kane after after you know if you sell DCL? I mean, and by the all way, the people said all. Oh, Look at the tough matchups! Holy shit! For for Son and Kane, better sell those guys right now. It's true. And you know what this podcast said? Keep. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead and do that. I'm gonna roll. Yep. With the guys and two out of three matches. Uh, and also, they play Chelsea at home. Just for what it's worth, Richarlison and Calvert Lewin each scored two goals against Chelsea in 2019. Uh, so so a year ago, both matches in 2019, they each scored twice. Probably against Kepa. Chelsea destroyed. <laughs> right, exactly. Chelsea destroyed them just, in March. Asterisk. Chelsea just had won four nothing right. in March. So, yeah, different Chelsea team, different Everton team. Like, it's just it's, it'll be I, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's gonna. It's, All a, right, so it's a bottom huge line. Game. I don't care if you currently have him, if you had him, or if you do have him. Are you selling DCL right now, Dave? Hell no. Brian? I don't have him. I have Richarlison, and I, yeah, I mean, of course I miss those points. But again, you, there are other guys. It's, if you I, had no, DCL, If would you I had him? DCL right now, no. I would okay. not sell him. That's, that's I would not here's, sell him. Here's the other half of that equation. If you're selling DCL, it's also about who you're going to. Right. And there's no one so compelling, even at eight pounds, that you feel like you have to go to. If you wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to, if I okay. wanted to go up a bit, Danny Ings to get to Danny Ings, the return of Danny Ings. Yeah. We'll get that, to him. That's an yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's an that was the one thought. guy I thought you Especially might. Uh, on the Burnley game. side, I hope you like no more than two goals in any Burnley match for the foreseeable future. We're back to one-one or one-nil Burnley. Use, use the word. Use the word, Brian. Chris Wood. 
Resurgent. Resurgent Burnley. It's not a surge. It's, there's nothing. I, there's I, so nothing. Hey, but listen, hey, Nick it's Pope, a resurgent. 1-1 one, one against Everton. And not Everton, bad. Ever, yeah, Everton was not really in the mood here. No. Thomas Rodriguez was good, but just didn't, uh, didn't, didn't show do up. anything. But for hasn't you. that been the case for weeks? Yeah. Testicle. Hello. I mean, I mean, listen. <laughs> is I his, get it. Takes is a while one to of heal, the, Scott. Is one of the two of them? Are they back to the same size? Do we have an update on <laughs> on the Hamas Rodriguez <laughs> ball game. watch? Do we need a ball watch here? <laughs> watch or wash? All right, here we go. Stop. Moving on. All right, before we leave this match, real quick, let me give you the manager quote of the week, Dave. You're gonna like this. It's courtesy I'm of Sean sure Sean Dyche of Burnley. Chris Wilder. Here's what he, I mean. Listen, I get it. <laughs> I can only hope and pray every that, week. That one's called the Chris Wilder man. Oh, okay, gotcha. This is just the manager. This is just me. Uh, he said, "Quote: I ask my players not to roll around the floor. Sure, good. Not I bad. ask them not to squeal or dive. Yep, that'd be weird. But it sounds actually, like sounds like a start of an amazing poem." Oh my gosh! I'm gonna add on to that myself. Sean Dyche has never been accused of being a poet. (laughs) It continues, but it's actually costing us, and it cost us here. Mm. You love you love that quote of the week. Well, yes and no. I mean, you know what? Like Sean Dyche gets, you know integrity points for that and i love that but you know what integrity points aren't equal to real points yeah and the reality is you know there's all sorts of stuff circulating on twitter right now about harry kane and how he undercuts defenders on on balls in the air and it's dangerous what harry kane is doing is dangerous you saw what he did to gabrielle i do and he could have he could have broken his neck but listen it's up to the referees to call that and on one hand no harry kane should not be doing that please hear me when i say harry kane should not be doing that but it's up to the referees to call that a foul and if they're not doing that, or no, if they're I, calling it against I, the defender, I think they're going to start calling that. Yeah, for I sure. hope so. But until then, it's smart strategy that's helping his team. I hate to say that, but it's just true. And the same thing is true for flopping and simulating and falling to the pitch, or as Sean Dyche would say, squealing and diving. I get it. Like mm. I want the Richarlison Rodriguez rule that I that I proposed last week. I want this stuff in the ideal Premier League that I get to run and make the rules about. But until then, I don't blame these guys for doing it. I really, really don't. I want to see the yellow card for simulation come back. Apparently, that's gone. Mm-hmm. That didn't last very long, and it's not around anymore. Yeah, has that happened at all? No. Moving on, Manchester United. I'm sorry, Man- wrong Manchester. Blue Manchester City two, Fulham nil. We already talked about KDB and Sterling making the dream team, but was this good enough from City? Is this what you wanted? Well, do you, is it is it City's problem? Is it is it Fulham's might be better than we think? It might be a little firmer. But we keep saying that every week, well, right? Well, they, look, they're not good enough to necessarily get over the hump. They, they but got, they're good enough to not get destroyed. They didn't get. <laughs> They didn't get uh, they didn't get a goal nicked on them in a counterattack or something, even with John Stones out there. But I don't think, given the given the trajectory of the early part of the game, no, I don't think you would have expected two nil no, as I a final. I here. expected four nil. I just think that it didn't it didn't continue. Like there was no there was no progression up. I think a little bit of that. Look, as a as one of the many people who took a shot on on Riyad Mahrez captaining uh, this week, which did not yeah. work out. No, it didn't. 
Mares wildly unlucky mm. this week. Uh, created more big chances than anyone else. Three big chances. Uh, you just think that at some point a Manchester City player is going to turn one of those into a goal. So, like, I, it just it could have been more. It just wasn't. And I think it's probably good progress from their perspective that they kept a clean sheet and that they won decisively with no drama. Ryan, your boy, Cancelo, started? No yeah, that Walker. was now that was a shocker, right? I think, especially after midweek and no subs. I think that's the other part. That of is the weirdest Pep thing Eleven, ever. Yeah. Eleven players play ninety minutes when, that... when managers are complaining about not having five subs available. Well, Pep goes an entire game with none. So the other thing he did say, I mean, he said it about Cancelo a couple weeks ago, where he said, you know, he was he talked about how impressive he's been for them and said. I want he he's the kind of player who needs to play because he needs to be in rhythm, like he needs to have a flow, and then it felt like the next match available, Mendy was in. Yeah, right. So that's the part of it where it was like it was the same thing happened. You know, Cancelo played midweek, Mendy didn't, and who comes in this week? Mendy, and so does and Cancelo stays. So Kyle Walker's the one who's the sacrifice here. So it's just I, it's, it's really it's unpredictable. Rotation. It's rotation. It's interesting. I'm looking right now. I, I create my own spreadsheet to help me with my research for this podcast. And I'm looking at it right now. And you can see the rotation as I just look at the scores. I'm looking at the last seven weeks for Manchester City. Kyle Walker played the first six of the last seven, and then he sat this past week. Stones has only played the last two matches. Ake played the first match and hasn't yeah. played the last six. Mendy's played the last two. Laporte played three in the middle. Of this of this seven match span, I'm looking yeah. at Diaz has played six of the seven. Cancelo has played six of the seven. Then you had two from Garcia and one from Zinchenko. the The rotation is here, but there are a few guys: Diaz, Cancelo, Kyle Walker. I mean, that's really all that you can yeah. feel somewhat comfortable with. Yeah, the the center back pairing has not been consistent, and I think everyone assumed it would be Laporte and. And it hasn't been that. It's now Diaz who's been in there most consistently. Mm -hmm. Laporte is tactical. And that's something that Manchester Evening News has talked about. Like, people have noticed that as, like... It's weird. This this is not Laporte because he's not up to match fitness or has a lingering injury that we know of where Ake had the same issue. Like, Ake's was an issue. Just just with rotation. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out why the heck are you talking about city defense? They're not good. They're not bad. I mean, they did well but no here. No one's going to them to own them. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, not I don't thinking think about so. It. I mean, I, I mean, I'm look, not trying to be like that. But let's talk about their midfield. Uh, well, it is worth saying. A couple weeks ago, going into the match two weeks ago, Cancelo's price went up. Okay. So enough people went to Cancelo. Okay, so we went to for Cancelo, a price right. rise. Okay, fair enough. Cancelo because of his offensive possible returns right. mainly, not because of his his clean sheet prowess. Listen. Rotation is happening. You already know that. The amount of time between games for them, between the Manchester Derby and Chelsea on January 2nd, it's a little bit more time per match that they have off, especially during the festive fixtures. They have actually a little bit more time off than they had during last season's festive fixtures. So they have... The worst match, and this is where it kind of hurts, I think, for planning. And, like, this is why it's risky, I think, to go to almost anyone in Manchester City. Interesting. Between Newcastle and Chelsea, 
So it's Newcastle, Everton, and Chelsea. They play on December 26th, December 28th, and January 2nd. They have one full day between Newcastle on the 26th and Everton on the 28th. Which of those games, you tell me, is a more important game for them in the scope of things? Yeah. So here's what happened last year. Would you like to know what happened last year? Uh, Very good. I would love this. Last year's festive fixtures. I think because there's a decent amount of time in the, you know, Manchester Derby, West Brom, Southampton. I think there's a decent amount of time in between those matches. Last season, KDB plays all three of the festive fixture matches. Okay? Okay. With you. They had less than, they had one day off between each of the matches in the festive fixtures last year. Wow. Okay. KDB played all three. He was subbed early in the first of the three festive fixture okay. matches. He had two assists in those three games. Okay, so he played sixty-seven minutes, ninety minutes, ninety minutes. You, I think you would take that from any Manchester City starter going into the festive fixtures. Riyad Mahrez subbed at halftime in the first match, played ninety minutes in the other two matches. So close. Still decent. I think you'd be okay with that as well. Uh, won a penalty against Wolves that was eventually saved. Uh, it was a Sterling ended up taking it. But he had an assist as well. So he finished with the same. He had, he had an assist in the other two matches. So he and KDB each had two assists as their final FPL total in those matches. And just to be clear, these are not double game weeks, even though they're their matches everything so packed up. Right. It's the festive fixtures. This is four four game weeks changes in less than like two every weeks. Every day. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's it's amazing to watch, and uh, but it's it's not separate. It's not double game weeks. These are separate game weeks. Raheem Sterling, ninety minutes in the first match, eighty eight minutes in the second match, and then was subbed on in the ninety third minute in the third match. Dumb. That is brutal. That is brutal. However, he finished with two goals in that time frame. <laughs> so in the so over the course of the three matches, You're okay probably that. finished with yeah. more points than any of those yeah. other guys I just said. There was a rotation. Aguero and Jesus rotated on and off, but I don't know that you're going to have that problem with Aguero until you see Aguero training. I don't know that he's he's not really an option. The question is, would you right. go to Jesus? Either way, I think those are the only guys you're really considering. And given the way they've been used, like this is why I said a couple weeks yep. ago, you love KDB's minutes. You love Riyad Mahrez's minutes, all all things considered. Over this, he's just not over this returns, right? So, so other than his huge game last week and being wildly unlucky and ending up so good that he was worth a bonus point this week in a in a part of the season where you t- will take every point you can get, he was really good here. It's just a question of who do you trust, and I think the answer is pretty obvious. Yeah. There's one guy to trust. Kitty you really, yeah. You're, if you're going to trust one yeah. guy. To not be rotated in this big is in this pile up, it's him. But the other thing is too, there is a way to do this. I think as we come into a congested Premier League fixture schedule now, not not Champions League included, but as we come yeah. into you know the next couple of weeks, but then also the festive fixtures just on the horizon. There's something to be said for playing guys from those smaller squads that are probably going to play at least sixty or seventy five minutes every match. Yeah. 
There's something to be said for that too. That's where the Danny Ings is and the Jack Grealish is. Those guys come into play where I want I want to make this as easy as possible, but to do as well as I possibly can. Those guys are sometimes the secret to success over a pep rotation yeah. city squad. And look, Fulham, to your point, a better looking Fulham, like you don't you're not I'm not saying go to anyone from Fulham next week again this you know coming up sure. against Liverpool. Of course. That's it. After that, they are out of that nightmare stretch that they were in. Then they go Brighton, Newcastle, Southampton, Spurs, and Burnley as their as the five matches over the festive fixtures. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. So this is exactly where Lookman. Adamola Lookman, Lookman could be a festive right? yes, fixture guy. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Lookman. Look for it on Patreon, FPL America Podcast. Brian provides FPL America the uh, the article. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost got that wrong. FPL America the article. Usually comes late in the week. It's the perfect resource for you before you make those last-minute moves. West Ham 1, Manchester United 3. OGS, after after the way he screwed up the Champions League with Fred, was always going to sub early when West Ham went into halftime with the lead. He does, and he gets... Gets he gets. I mean, there's benefit here. Bruno comes on as a super sub, and United get the points. Ryan, why did Bruno not start this match? There was some there was some speculation that because he was so animated and screaming during the Champions League match when Fred was on a yellow card and was not substituted, he was shouting and gesticulating toward the sideline. In a way that probably yeah, against at, yes, the manager. Yes. At the at minimum, yelling in the direction of a decision maker on the sideline. Can, can, can I have have we all had that opportunity to work for a boss who yes. we felt like we were smarter than? It uh, was yes. it was LeBron James screaming at, at J.R. Smith in the NBA finals against the Golden State Warriors in the last year that LeBron was in Cleveland. This is not an NBA podcast. That is very inside basketball. Though, so right there. because of this, OGS as, sits Bruno. So it's not a sore foot, no, as OGS said. No, no. it was. A, I think Brian is spot on. This was a. Of course, you who's want the boss here. Of course, you want OGS your guy. is not the boss. That's the point. Well, everyone of, knows that, but him. Of course, you yeah. want the guy with the sore foot running back out there. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. you have an. You have a very important Champions League, uh, Champions League match in midweek, yeah, too. Yes, that is exactly right. But he had to bring on Bruno and Rashford. They were terrible in this first half. And Bruno, the guy who was most captained in game week 11, does come on and gets you to double digits gives you if you captain. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. And, and I mean, not only did he get double digits if you captain, Which him, I was concerned of him giving me a one or a two. Uh, you were, and I said... Man, hold out, hold out. Yeah, but that was before we knew he was coming on a half. Slack workspace, you need to join it's by true. going to Patreon. Please be a part of our Slack workspace. We would love to have, we would love to have you join the conversation. But here's the other thing: Bruno unfortunately does not get the credit for two hockey assists. He got, he got you returns on one of the goals. He did not get you the other two, but he was a major part of those two goals being scored. He is involved with everything United does successfully. Yes, and it's not Paul Pogba, which is so. <laughs> which is why I'm okay with having him going into the Manchester derby. Simon Long screwed up again, and this is you. You, if you're a long time, if you are a regular, steady, all in listener of this podcast, you'll understand what I mean when I say that Simon Long is the David Coote of linesmen. There was this play. So there were three bad VAR calls. I promise I won't dwell on these. 
but it looked for all the world like that first Manchester United goal. The ball went out of play and then came back into play on yeah. the touchline. How does the Premier League not have cameras? Especially down, down the line. beautiful West Ham Stadium. How do they not yeah. have cameras down the touchlines? Infinite How? infinite space in London Stadium, and we can't tell in where the ball is. There's no reason why in every ground you can't have cameras down each line. You know, and have the Hawkeye system yeah, on each line. That's absolutely right. But I think it was Simon Long on that side, so of oh, course he got it wrong. It might be expensive. Oh, there's, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not like we're the most lucrative soccer league in the yeah, world. Yeah. In, in America alone, we gave them a billion dollars for the next 10 years. I exactly. think they're fine financially. Um, I love David Moyes, by the way. He was like, uh, it was over my head, so I know it was out of play. <laughs> <laughs> it was outstanding. Unfortunately, that was just one bad call this weekend. Anything else from this match besides Bruno we want to discuss? Brian, I know these are your hammers. No, just the Sochek conundrum continues. I mean, I I mean, I know what it looked like. I I thought he was in the first spot on my bench because I remember distinctly oh, thinking oh, when man. Harvey Barnes didn't play, well, at least I have Sochek coming in as my first sub, and I was wrong. Wait, um, why were you, how were you wrong? Because I because I I had no, Kyle Walker Peters is. as the first bench spot, That's which wasn't bad. terrible, no, but it was five. But it was better. Right. Eight is still more than five. Well, so. Dave, we didn't get Sochek's points this week either. I did just we? needed Jota to sit the whole match, and yeah. when I saw that Liverpool was up, I'm like, oh, good. Maybe Klopp will give him the whole day off. Absolutely. Why uh, wouldn't he? You're up, what was it, 2-0 at that point? 3-0 yes, maybe? Yes. And Jota comes on at 75 minutes. Frick. You. This is the FPL bad beat of the week. Because I think I think, I don't think we're the only ones who had Jota in our not? squads with Socek in the first spot Jeez. on the bench. And we're, we're feeling good. Socek's eight is coming in. This is going to be great. And then Jota comes on to get us a one. Yeah. Freaking Jota. That's the FPL bad beat of the week. Yeah, well... Look, I mean, this is the question. So because he's capable, and this is kind of, you know, not not to drag it out more about Socek, but just this has been the point of him all along. He's not a, he's not a typical last spot of your bench kind of player. He's playing almost the entire match every single week. And has, the the and has the capability of scoring any week because of what he's doing in volume. Hey, these and he's just a, owned 3.9%. He's a low, That's crazy to me. That's I know. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. Hey, so, people, don't, don't own him. Dave and I will get the points. When it comes to the midweek game weeks and the festive fixtures, we'll get the Socek points those weeks. Look, I, I, it's just been it's been kind of obvious with him all along. I mean, you're not if you're not playing the guy, that's this is, you know, just again to go back to the point of, of Mark Southern's, you know, from FPL a couple weeks ago, just that that that's the issue with him is if you're playing him and you get those points, you're happy. But a lot of people don't have their team set up to play him as a fourth or fifth midfielder most of the time, I don't yeah. think. So anyway, yeah, what are you going to say? You will be happy. Brother Matt bought him today after mocking Socek for multiple weeks. Oh, good. About owning him. He finally broke down and he said, you know what, I was – Kudos to him. He said, "I, uh, I was wrong." Well, look. <laughs> well, that's what that's what eighth place will do to you. It will break you down. Oh, yeah. It will break Scott you down. Coming hard. No, look. I mean, he's he's getting into positions to do this all right. the time, and I, he he's not the main guy. You're not expecting him to do this every week, but, you, but at that nine, price, you don't need him to. Exactly that's that's right. been the point with him all season long. I agree completely. Um. Quick, a couple other things. Just welcome to the season, Mason Greenwood. Uh, I'm glad you're finally here. He could have been so much better, though. 
In this match? In this match. Yeah, he had five shots, and only only Jared Bowen had as many shots. I mean, as if he you did. got half points for side net shots, he would have had oh, a great yeah. score. Well, I mean, give the guy a little bit of credit. Once you find your the love of your life or a model that at least looks like it could be in Iceland, and you get into the rest That's of the right. season this far, you you at least hope. That you can gather yourself a little bit when you finally get Is she going to get him in COVID trouble again? <laughs> I don't know. No, they, they've already had it once, Scott. Rashford looked super good. I just yeah. thought Rashford, uh, even same off as, the same bench. Same as Bruno, off the bench, Yeah, half. both guys yeah. were great. Six touches in the box for Marcus Rashford. It was. It's like fluctuated between those guys where, where uh, Rashford has been facilitator and Bruno has been kind of the attacking guy, and it switched back. Bruno had no shots created eight chances nobody else had as but many chances Brian, as Brian it, I, you can have your stats but in this case I'm gonna I'm gonna see your stats I'm gonna raise you points Bruno's last four 17 11 10 and six right Rashford's I'm last not, four five three five six right and, and we agree it's a lucky six like this is a six that shouldn't have been a six so this you're talking about what should have been a one here for him so like I'm just saying I, I am not arguing against Bruno I'm just saying right. like Rashford is not. Rashford might deserve a look soon. Right. Chelsea three, Leeds one. We already talked about Zuma making the dream team. I neglected to mention Chelsea. Was it last week or two weeks ago when I went through and talked about how like the Premier League clubs did a really good job with their transfer business? I didn't mention Chelsea, but let's talk about how Chelsea's transfer business was money well spent. Look, there's no doubt Roman Abramovich loves to just spend money. And once City <laughs> got slapped on the wrist, he said, we're going to buy people. It's true. And, and, and if City's not going to get caught, neither am I. And you know what's funny is that I say that in spite of Timo Werner. Because he continues to be in his own head, man. Timo Werner is my nominee for the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week uh, this week. Yeah. I mean, this week and every week, he's a nominee. Well, look. But if it's he not, doesn't win it. It's not many weeks where you can have by far the highest uh, expected goals uh, percentage and be the only player with a XG that high with no goal. <laughs> he had three big chances this week. Scored zero goals. Finishes with one assist here. He yeah. put four of his five shots on target and still finishes with no goals. On target meant at the goalkeeper. Right. I, he's just one of those guys. That, don't you feel like it's hilarious that like that was the thing about him was how clinical he was yes, coming yes. into this season? Yes. And he just keeps like Getting so close. Ryan, I still remember you saying in our preseason pod, I don't know how you can't have Timo yeah. Werner. And and here we are. I mean, it's every match. Yeah, we but keep you saying were the same thing. like he's been horrible. He's got 55 points on the year. No, he, he is currently sixth in forward scoring. It's not bad. It's just that. It given, could be way, way more. better. That's exactly it. it. Double. It could be significant. It, there, he could be. He could, uh, be, he could be number at one. Vardy and DCL range easily. Yes. Maybe. Is he eight. ahead or behind Bamford? He is uh, behind Bamford by tw- twelve points. Another guy. Points. Another guy who, who could, has been wasteful. Uh, another guy could who higher. could be. And Bamford actually is the wasteful player of the season so far statistically. Yeah. So they were both playing in the same match, but Bamford comes out on top. Frickin' Bamford. Listen, I don't like Chelsea <laughs> just out of principle. You mentioned Roman Abramovich. That's part of the principle for me. I hate but, Chelsea. But here's the thing. I own three players, though. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you have Frank Lampard, I think second-year manager, if I, if I recall right. This I is his so, second yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they brought in a bunch of guys. Typically, it takes time for guys to gel in with the squad that's already in Ziyech, place. Havertz. 
And uh, Havertz is, you know, he's he's doing fine. Werner. Werner. I, I'm just impressed with how well this squad is doing. ZS, ZS went out hurt. I, but I, I think, yeah. Scott, what what has has been the best and the strength, of the, and Chilwell. They brought in Chilwell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chilwell to the defense, a, a constant Zuma starting. Mendy Zuma, and Zuma goal. finally has grown up. Zuma okay? finally. Mendy and goal. Mendy and goal. Reese James. Reese James, James has, has Reece, been at, since like game week five. Reese James has solidified his season. spot. There was one game he didn't start, and it's the one you want to dwell on. So let's let's not forget he's been good for the most part all season. Okay, but you want to go back to the one game, the one game no. where you were saying, "Oh, this is not Reese James's team." Dave, and Dave. then he didn't start the one <laughs> game. Scott, I'm sorry. Let me let me refute with data. So he had a 14 in game week one, and then after that, it was one one zero one. What, since game week six, but what were his what was his minutes in those games? I, I don't care. Since game week six, Hold he's on. been very good. You said. Did you, you hear what I you just were said? Slamming on him because it it was not Reese James's position as Pilaqueta was playing in those and ma- Keppa was playing. No, in those same four matches, Reese James has week four he did not play. Week five he played three minutes. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Every game he's played. 90. I'm sorry. You want a guy who plays three minutes over two matches? No, thank you. That's my point. As Pilaqueta had that, he he was he was four, five, one, and six during that same time. But but hear me. Let me say it again. Since game week six, Reese James has been very good. He's the third highest scoring defender just say, overall. Just say it's Reese James's position. Right now, it is Reese James's position. <laughs> <laughs> right now, that reeked of I'm not wrong. I'm just not right yet. No, that reeks of I was right then. No, you weren't. All right, let's move on. Three minutes over two matches. I was right then, but it was a very narrow window where I was right, in fairness to you. It is Reese James's position currently, and Azpilicueta is the backup. Anything else from this match that you want to mention, Brian? No, just that Reese James got an assist. <laughs> I love how you always say, no, but let me go on anyway. Uh, no, I'm happy, of course, that the, that he played well. Uh, stinks that Ziyech got injured here. Uh, not sure how long it's going to be going for a scan. Uh, but Brian... Who came in to replace him? Listen, Christian Pulisic played extremely well. Yes, he's back, up, Scott. Right, ends up I with like a, him. Ends Cap, up with Cap, a goal here. Cap America. Look, I, the, just, I, I don't have anywhere to put him. I know. I that, get that, it. That is the question. I'm just saying Captain America's back. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he can, you know, maintain any sort of uh, non-injury run here because, you know. I think he will. I think he they've will. been missing him, and the fact that they're treating him so delicately with his injuries—they're not. There is no rush. There, you know. I obviously the plan was not to play him sixty minutes here, so I think this was entirely, you know, just the, the well, yeah, because he came on situation. with the he came on in thirty minutes, yeah. yeah. So he look four shots: Giroud, Giroud, Werner, and Pulisic. Fifteen of Chelsea's twenty-three shots. Like if Christian Pulisic is shooting four times in a match, you are thrilled with we, that. We are the FPL America podcast. I love the fact that Pulisic fits into this high flying yes. Chelsea squad, and it's only going to help everyone else around them. Again, Werner was uh, Werner was wasteful. Look, Mason Mount, man of the match here. Sorry if uh, st- statistically speaking, uh, a solid nine from who scored an outstanding an outstanding overall score. Gets an assist, all three bonus points. Look. The thing, this is five straight 90 minutes for him. This is a guy who's going to be uh, wildly overlooked. And as long as Ziyech is out, he's been playing whether Ziyech is in there or not. So I just don't think he's a guy that's worth uh, overlooking. Last thing, Tammy Abraham. 
So last didn't four weeks, start. he didn't yeah, he didn't start. start. Giroud, Giroud got the start. Giroud scored four goals against Sevilla yeah, that's midweek what I was in say. Champions League. Man in form. Giroud gets a start. Gets a start here. And gets another goal. I have no idea yeah. what's going to happen. Werner spot, I believe, is secure. I think Frank is going to play him, Brian, as a – this is not an NBA podcast, but when a shooter is slumping, you just keep telling him to shoot. And I yeah. think Werner is in there. You don't bench him. Just keep playing him and keep telling him to shoot. And then in support of him will be Abraham and or Giroux. I don't know who. Yeah, my, my feeling entirely was that Giroux's just on fire and the fire maintained. So I just don't – I just don't. I don't think you're going to I, like as much as I want to believe, and I, I like, look, if it was, but you if, can't risk a fantasy transfer. On I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk a fantasy transfer on Tammy, and I want to. Right, I, yeah, I'm I get, arguing I for Tammy most of the time, yeah, sure. and this, this was not. At what point great. does Giroud just go to West Ham and play every match so he can score the 20 goals that he wants to score? Oh goodness, if, what if he goes to Wolves? Uh, January, oh. right? Like, what if he goes to a team yes, that they, or they what, need him. or or what if he goes to Leicester and partners with Vardy? Nah, that won't work as well. Uh, I think you get less from both guys when you put I them don't together. Know. It's a double threat. I don't think Just so. Just saying. Yeah, but yes. Bottom line is, there's landing spots where clubs and, like that. And for years, we've been saying this about Drew. Like, I just don't understand. Hey, he's always the bridesmaid. West Brom 1, Crystal Palace 5. It'd be easy to say that Zaha returned, and that's why Crystal Palace scored all the goals, but the reality is another VAR situation was the turning point in this match. Yeah. Was it right? No. Um, I don't, you don't think so? No. On his Pereira's feet, red? His feet were up. His foot went up, but it did not go into the player. If anything, it went backwards. And uh, no one reacted. No. There was no player. There was no overwhelming shout. Like, like a like, player didn't feel like he kicked at him. Herrera yes. brought his foot up, but he didn't kick out. Yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah, it it was. Uh, it was not not particularly great. And uh, and this is where we will never fix VAR. And I'm not going to dwell on this. We will never fix VAR when Paul Tierney has a chance. He you know he gives a yellow card here, but then he's he's told by the actual VAR to go you know to the monitor and take a look, and he looks at it a second time, and he chooses to give a red. If he's choosing to give a red in that situation, and we're all looking at that and saying that doesn't look like a red at all, yeah. we will never fix that situation. That's a Paul Tierney problem. Don't stand over people, I guess, because you're gonna probably get. You're going to draw a foot up at them. Maybe that is a strategy. Um, <laughs> and it's not great for West Brom when you lose your clear-cut, obvious, number one most important player until possibly after Christmas, depending on what happens with West Brom and Newcastle this week. I'm not even kidding. 1-1. One, one. Oh, if they postpone that match, that doesn't count. Yes, that uh, is exactly right, Scott Weeby. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, this, this match was 1-1. One, one. I mean, Connor Gallagher... Is Holy Todd- crap, in a segment we like to call, Holy crap, Connor Gallagher really is Todd Cantwelling. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So yeah, it's true. So true. It he, was- he deserved more three weeks ago. <laughs> this is karma. Two weeks in a row, Connor Gallagher scoring goals. Yeah. It was 1 1, and it was an even match. And then the red card. And the second half, West Brom didn't have a chance. Is there anything else to say here other than Zaha? Maybe you're interested in because of how well. I mean, it's it's unfair. Hey, hold on, hold on. Let's just let's while we're on Gallagher, let's address it. Okay, so everyone's looking for that fifth midfielder that can be productive. For me, Socek at a four nine probably going up five zero soon. But there's old Connor Gallagher, Brian, hanging out at a five five owned point 
One percent. He's five five. I feel like that's expensive because Adamola Lookman is five. So that's the guy to me. And Sochek. Sochek is still four point nine at this point. As it, depending on when you're listening to this, you may still have a small window of getting him at less than five pounds. There's another guy that if you really, really wanted to be risky and make it your fifth cheap midfielder, we can talk about him in Sheffield again. You say Oliver Burke. Yeah, of course. But (laughs) I just don't know that you can trust that. And so, yeah, like as much as – I'm sorry, guys. We're talking about Lookman. We're talking about Socek. We're talking about Gallagher. We're talking about Burke. Of those four, I have Socek in my fifth midfield spot, and he's not moving. The He's only, not right. The only way you're doing this again, this is entirely about how your team is set up. If you're going to rearrange things, maybe looking ahead to January, if you've already used your Everyone, wild card or whatever. A lot of people thinking about those wild cards coming up. Anyone that has the a wild card left, yeah, that's the thing. You, you prefer <laughs> you're gonna you have to, you have to have viable players at probably all positions going except goalkeeper going into festive no fixtures. Doubt. Yeah. So Connor Gallagher, yeah, it's a, he's that's pricey. If he was five, well, and I guess, you'd think harder about it. Five five's a little a little All right, much. And, and, anyway. and the Newcastle match is next, and that's iffy. And then you have to look who's behind that: City, Villa, Liverpool. Right, you're not. It's not a bringing in a guy to play. Yeah, forget uh, that. Wilfred Zaha, uh, a welcome back. Uh, B coming into Tottenham, he's never scored against Spurs in league games. Weird. Uh, but this won't be the first match. He's playing for that Arsenal contract in January, Dave. So that's why I Ooh. think you're getting. I think you you're, want him I think at you're Arsenal getting the, the right fire, now. You need you need Zaha. Although is he just going to Pepe for me? But I feel like he's way more aggressive. Like no, that's a great call. I I would love Ars, uh, Arsenal to pick up Zaha. I think that's the feeling. Is that Zaha it, is still, greater than I Pepe? Love, I agree. You agree are totally. you you're this is a this is like steering the Titanic away from the <laughs> iceberg here. The slow slow Zaha turn for you. You have to be admiring this a little bit. Well, I think at some point Scott you you this are match you are count. always hold on. This you, match doesn't count. You are always okay. the guy who's who's big stay at that club. You you love the Grealish state at Villa. Right? I, lo- I love the fact that Tariq Lamptey was a youth at Chelsea and got sold to Brighton. That that man is playing 90 minutes every right, match right. and honing his craft at Brighton. Sure. I love that. I want every English player to do that. But Zaha's Zaha doing that at Palace. at Palace. Well, by force. I know. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to get your feeling on it, too. Yeah. Do you like that, or do you kind of wish, like, oh, I kind of wish he'd, he'd be able to – they let him go. At this point, Zaha could go to Arsenal and keep playing 90 minutes and make an impact. He, he would fill a need that Arsenal has. That's true. You so need a guy who can dribble and draw a foul. Is or Arsenal, dribble and connect a so pass true. to Aubameyang. Yes. You is, need Wilf Zaha. Is Arsenal willing to pay what they value him at, though? Um, I really wanted it to be in a segment we like to call "Who Stole Benteke's Shirt and Imitated Him in This Match," um, but since we already talked about him, <laughs> what am I doing right now, Brian? He's Lebroning. Yeah, you are Lebroning. What am I doing right now? Pressing down. Pressing down. It's the it's the Benteke dance that is straight out of the eighties and it's is not terrible. Benteke. It's he, he's doing his best Lebron. All oh, it okay. all it took for Look him to doofus. be awesome was playing against ten man Westbrook. That's the thing. That's why this match doesn't count. I get that Zaha's points count, but Zaha and form it's it's not quite the same here because it all came after. It is a it is a mixed bag. It is almost like flip flopping good and bad matchups for we- or Crystal Palace through uh, the end of the year. Spurs 
away to West Ham, Liverpool, away to Villa, Leicester. I, yeah, but what's Arsenal's schedule? It's in the not. Half? It's not for Zaha. Right, it's not great. <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying. Like we're uh, calling it now. I hope so. Zaha can get something against anyone. I don't think anyone would really argue that much with that. So I mean, maybe you just ignore the schedule, knowing kind of who and who he is and the way he's playing right now. But just that the schedule is is it could be better. Sheffield one, Leicester two. Late Vardy drama gives Lester all three points. And when I when this match ended, I looked at the at the table and I thought, how is Lester third? The legend continues. Yeah. Jamie Vardy, just give him give him a chance, Brian. Just give that Joker a chance. And then and everyone's already said it, but I was watching it. It's one of the few games that I was watching live. And when he Scott did not do a knee slide. He did a karate side slide into the into the only Jamie Vardy can do what he into did. Into the corner flag. He slid on his side into the corner corner flag, completely side kicked the flag, aiming to do exactly what he did. And believe it or not, it he shattered, shattered it in shattered. half. I'm surprised he didn't throw it like a javelin out of the it stadium. Was it was absolutely it. the most Jamie Vardy thing that could have ever happened. And I loved every freaking minute of it. It it typically like falls down and pops back up. But this one just snapped. He cut it in half. Was it that cold or was it force of the kick? And, and now, the kick. Scott, you know what he's now done? He's yeah. shown everyone that that could actually happen so other people will now try to attempt the vardy chop it's called the vardy okay the vardy chop. right like yeah, yeah. that he literally became and th- and this is just not in professional sports this will now happen across every youth league every under 23 he is truly talking everyone's going to be trying to do Var- the vardy. he's an he's an innovator we've been saying that for That's years effing genius it's like uh it's like Bo Jackson snapping a baseball bat over his knee. This isn't a baseball podcast. I mean, I loved seeing Chris Wilder in pain at the end of this match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the reality is NBC, you know, the, the studio guys, the, the Robbies were saying that John Egan should have been aware enough as he's tracking back with Vardy to go ahead and clip his heels, take your red card, walk off the pitch, sit out a couple of matches, and take your chances that – you know, the free kick's not going to go in. Because when Vardy gets an open shot one-on-one with the goalkeeper, 90% you says that's going that in. that late in the match, right? That late in the match. you're not giving up a penalty. It, but if you're, you're John Egan. up a red card. If you're John Egan, are you th- like, are, is it happening too fast to think about that? Maybe. Or or is that, like, th- that's the only th- argument that I would have against that. But it was interesting because I was like, huh. Yeah, I mean, Egan could have taken him out 30 yards out. He could have and prevented Vardy from doing what he did. And there's a really good chance this match still ends 1-1. You're down in Egan for three matches, but you still get the point here. Is it worth it? I don't know. For Sheffield at this point in the season, desperately needing a point anywhere they can get it, yeah, it would have been worth it. At least give yourself a shot. But, yeah, uh, but listen, I, that's a great question. Like, Do you have the awareness or the physical ability in that moment? It just it does it, it, Life comes at you fast. <laughs> That's true. Sheffield, so we talked about how great the transfer business has been for a lot of the clubs. Last year, Sheffield brought in Sander Berga at the position John Lundstrom plays. Who might end up at, when he was another Arsenal name on the list, Dave. Who? 
just didn't make any sense then, Burgess? and it, it makes less sense now. And then Rian Brewster over the summer, and they clearly don't know what to do with a forward like Brewster. And so, obviously, when, when that's your business and you don't know what to do. Oh, listen to that Liverpool come through there. They clearly don't know what to do with Brewster. Maybe it's he's not good enough to beat out the Olivers. McBurney and Burke, the law firm. Brewster, Brewster's style doesn't fit Sheffield. And and in hindsight... If you can score goals, I feel like that's a style that's well, worth I think starting. That was the Tell hell. it to a bombing Arsenal fan. Hey, I th- I th- listen. I'm with... I would love anyone who wants to score to start scoring. And I think as an Arsenal fan, and this is not the someone's Arsenal section of the podcast... Someone's got to get to the forwards to score. Under, understood. You, and I'm, Brewster's not getting it. Hey, McBurney, how not many chances it? did McBurney have? We'll, we'll get to Arsenal. How many chances did McBurney have to score? A decent a amount. A good bit. And, well, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and not you got like one. he wasn't getting service. And you want to look over t- the last eight no, weeks? I am not going to let you... Brewster can't beat him out. Just say it. He can't beat him out. He's a club record signing. He thought he was... A- and he can't get it done. He can't start for Sheffield United at the bottom of the table. Brewster, sometimes you want and then you get it, and then you're like, holy crap, what just happened? Don't put it. Th- you know what? Okay, and there's a small glimpse of Eddie and Kedia I'll give you. When Eddie and Kedia went to Leeds last year, and Bielsa, for whatever reason, didn't play him, he comes back to Arsenal midway through the season, starts during the restart, and is still an active player in Arsenal. There's a chance that that's going on. Oh, I've got I a, will say that. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got a call right now. I will I'm say, waiting for you to stop talking. To I Maker. will say that. Yeah. That is it. That that's the only little glimpse I'm gonna give. When Chris Wilder gets sacked, <laughs> and the replacement comes in, okay, Brewster will score goals for Sheffield. Fair enough. That it is will happen. Possible. I am calling it right now right. with confidence. Fair enough. Anything else on this match? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worse. No, Worse. Just said, look, James Madison's fourth straight start. Like yeah. you, you love yeah. that he's back here playing regularly. He's creating a lot of chances. He's tied with KDB for the most ch- chances, fifth most chances created since he's been back. Okay, starting the, this is in the last four matches. Look, he's go- he's going to create more chances for them. I just I, like I think this is what everyone's kind of been waiting for. Wilfred and Didi was back. Uh, still, that's no, a huge thing. That that is we'll never, yes, that is never it. get that much is, fantasy cred, but it frees up everyone else in the defensive area. Yeah, it's it's really good offensive. for them going forward because it sure it shores up what every team needs, which is a which is a midfielders that are controlling midfielders, and he's been that guy for them. So hopefully, you just you know you don't see a recurrence of any injury. Ryan, what about Harv? <laughs> Look, he, he he didn't start. He didn't play. No, he's their champ. He's their Europa League guy. He played. That's why he said this past week. You know, I was so nervous. He played, he played forty-five minutes the week before, sixty-one before that, eighteen before that. Any Harv owners? You've yeah. kind of been the guy leading the Harv line. Where's Harv? Yeah, he's look. He's four percent, little over four percent owned going into this week, and that was that was the issue. I said that you know wrote about it this week. It's just that. Like obviously they're managing his minutes. They're you know Vardy's not playing or hasn't played as much in the Europa League matches. Harv played forty or or played the full match midweek for them. So yeah, I was I was nervous that he wasn't going to get in here in a in a great matchup. He's having a career year. I, I let's not sure. He's, that, he's that's the, the thing. He he has scored fantasy pointer in in their midfield. Right. He's scored. He's scored like. 
five or six goals for them, I think, this season, which is like a third of his career goals at Leicester. I mean, he's playing great. Even with a blank this week, he's tied with Aubameyang out of midfielders. for he, He's got 11th most for touches in the box for midfielders. So he's in the top 12. You know, a guy who's attacking, and that's with zero going into this gotcha. week. So look, it's not... Look, that's been the issue with him. It's it's just for whatever reason they're not playing him. Right. This has been good, but we've saved the best for last. Spurs two, Arsenal nil. Those who said sell uh, Son and Kane, you would have regretted it in this North London. Derby. I would have. They did regret it. It's true. Like, was there any doubt in this podcast? That you should sell either one of those chokers. I had both those guys. I had both those guys. Started them with complete confidence. Brian, you have at least no, have one look, of them, I'm, right? I have both. But look, I don't think it... Are you trying to take up for the, the naysayers? I understand the sellers. I Yes, a little bit. Just because I think the panic was so high and the volume was so low. I think the fear was... like. Are they going to maximize every single opportunity they get? And they are. They keep doing it. Yeah. Fantasy Scout, the guy, uh, one of their writers this week, Kane and Son are averaging more points per match at this point in the season than Mo Salah was in his record-breaking That's season, crazy. his highest-scoring season, 2017-2018. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just based on numbers, yeah, I mean, this is like – why you would have gotten rid of either of them doesn't make any sense. They're the top scoring players at each of their positions. That's no fluke. I mean, they're this is like they just keep doing it yeah. over and over and over Look, again. Anyone who's watched, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again, if you've watched the Amazon Prime Spurs doc <laughs> This is not an Amazon podcast. This, like they need any more pub, right? Right. Uh it it lets you into Mourinho and his relationship with Son and Kane, and this is no surprise. He, th- This is Jose mellowing, I think, a little bit in his old age, but yet still bringing in what his experience and his uh, mindset. And what you are seeing from Spurs now is a team that is completely content to give Arsenal the ball. Jose told them that they're going to pass it around the back, pass it around the back, and they're not going to do anything through the middle. And then, and then you're going to get the ball, and you're going to counterattack it, and you're going to beat him to death. And you're going to demoralize him. Spurs owned the game. I said this on the Slack workspace. Spurs own this game without owning the ball. Yeah. And, That's the thing. And it's – I've never felt – I literally felt that. So yeah. they, I felt owned never having the ball. But they, they did that against Manchester City, and then mm-hmm. they didn't do that last week. And then they Chelsea. did it again – this week, and so that's the thing. They had five shots. I don't want them to again. Like I don't want five shots. I want fifteen shots. Yeah, but Brian, I, I does, know. But what matter. I'm saying is that's ex- that's what I'm saying. Like this, that, like I, the reason why I was pointing at you a second ago, Scott, which no one could see, is just that this is the this is Jamie Vardy. It's every stat busting guy. Yeah. Where all they need is an opportunity, and that is like they said that like just how perfectly Kane. Feeds the ball to Son on a breakaway, who so perfectly clinically strikes like a near zero percent XG type kick that goes perfectly in. It's just what they're doing right now. What 
have I said for years is the difference between good and great? Please tell me you know the answer to this question because I've said it so many times. What is the difference between good and great? What do you think it is? I don't know. I'm very he's upset, be upset that you're with me about yes, not knowing. Yes, I, I, am I would upset. say just being uh, clinical in no. key moments. Okay, close. Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the actual word I want to say? Not at all. I'm very upset. You basically got the sentiment, Dave. Okay. The answer is precision. Okay. The difference between good and great is precision. Yeah. And with Spurs, the reason why this is working is because Mourinho's found his defensive his his defensive chemistry that works. And there is no better counterattack in the history of the world than Kane and Son. And this is what's making this work out so There's been a well. lot of good duos, but they're up there. The second right? I mean, there's been a lot of good counterattacks. Su- Suarez and Sturridge. Even Salah and Mane. that wasn't really counterattacking. That wasn't counterattacking. This is different. This is 38% possession. Dominance. The second that they break down the other team, the second that they win back the ball, it's runners running as fast as they can. And there's not many players that are going to be able to keep up with Sun or Bergvine or Lucas Moura when he's back out there. It's it's, kind of whoever it is. It's Hoybier Sissoko winning the ball back. Yep. Finding Kane in the hold-up position, who has sunk in, who turns directly to the wing, it's like a basketball. That knows exactly where they're going, and sends. He knows exactly where Son's going down the sideline. That's what I'm saying. And who keeps up with Son? And by the way, we have said this for for a long time. Maybe not on mic, but the moment NBC in the United States loses the Premier League television rights is the moment that the Premier League coverage gets a lot worse. These NBC, this NBC crew is amazing, and I will say on that. Sun Gold, they took the time to point out how Regulon, by bombing down the left side behind Sun, drew the attention of the defense away to give Sun the space to score that rocket of a goal. No one's paying any attention to Regulon running 75 yards down the pitch behind Sun, but him doing that helped Sun well, score it this. it took holding towards Regulon, mm-hmm. who is pointing to, for Bellerin, whoever's inside, to take him. Tony Adams... Alt Arsenal great slammed Bellerin for multiple moments in this match where yeah. he broke down and in other words he told him know your role and do your job learn to actually play defense because Bellerin giving a quality player like Son a glimpse of space mm-hmm. is able to hit that shot Bellerin backing off allowed that Dave on Saturday before this match even happened Robbie Musto of the NBC studio team was saying that Arsenal needs a squad rebuild Arteta needs to oversee a total no, squad rebuild, and here's the thing: I think we talked a about this. Harsh. We talked about this on our squad, or, uh, on our squad, on our Slack workspace a little bit. You love the kids more than the veterans. There's hope in the future, but but these veterans could potentially suppress these kids, and and unfortunately, you have a culture problem. It seems at Arsenal, right? There's a losers culture mentality there, and if these veterans are instilling that in these kids. Your your future is is getting squandered away. Producer, cue the music. All right, Scott. <laughs> this he just referred to himself in the third person. Just want to point that out, <laughs> Scott. This is uh, this is how I feel about Arsenal football. Mm-hmm. What's so frustrating as an Arsenal fan right now is that they're doing the exact same things that they did in the restart when they were so dominant, and when Arteta came in, yet they're not getting the results. And that is what's so frustrating is, is where is it? It's hard for those outside 
to to see the breakdowns. Um, I think Jaka doesn't. He lacks the quality. Okay, he doesn't. He 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 is not anywhere close to a Jordan Henderson as a player and nor as a leader. Guys like that have to go. I hate that Partey end up having to leave this match with an injury when he did. Partey was walking off the pitch when that first goal was happening. Horrible decision. Obviously, Arteta you, pushed him back but, out. But what's wild is so the half is almost over. Arsenal was on a fast break to score. Ironically, it came right back at them. He thought he thought that there was a you know, probably going to be a corner kick, goal kick, shot on goal, or something as the half kind of wound to an end. And and it was a horrible decision. If he just would have gone down to the ground, it's possible that you know that the play could have stopped. Probably not, but whatever. Anyways, moving on. Look, yeah, there's some guys. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why um, it hasn't worked out. Maybe Willian has maybe not other been teams, great. Maybe other teams have kind of found out, hey, they don't have anyone that can dribble penetrate through the middle, so just let them play around the outside, and they don't have any imposing center forward that's going to come crashing through like Giroud, like Chris Wood, like Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like some big, some tall center forward to yeah. head balls in because that's how they're playing, and no one's there to, to get on them. So. Yeah, they're not clever enough to break anyone down through the middle. That's and correct. feeding the ball to the outside to dump it, to just to cross it's, it's it into not, the box doesn't do anything because there is no there, like who you, who oh, you oh, pass right. it to. Only okay. our, like Gabriel might be their best, their best yeah. air attack at this he's, point. He's busy being undercut by Kane, right? <laughs> and which you know he he had you know last within the last game or so he I think his last match week he had a goal. I'm just saying you're not more mad about Arteta playing party at all. Just the uh, fact that you took a risk, healthy. right? That you took no, a risk I mean, on a guy that, and then he re-injures, he aggravates the exact same injury. Yeah, I mean that's frustrating. But I mean, I, but when I get you're Arteta, it. what can you do? I mean, he, you have to it, play party. If he's if he's healthy and he tells you he can go, yeah. Next time when he tells you he can go, maybe you lean a little bit more on the physios to say, no, maybe we're not ready yet. You we, sub him in to make we, sure we've seen this before. Yeah. So I I think that's the the move is. And especially in such an intense matchup as the North London Derby is, but you know what? Look, Arsenal—they—they—they they, they got a little ways to go here, and I—I uh, just—I think that's the frustrating thing is those how many losses they have and no draws at all. Are you fifteenth? Yeah, I think so. Fifteenth in the table. If, uh, yeah, yeah. With not really a four great, wins, not really feeling like they can go much. Higher than that right now. I mean, That's Roy the Keane weird last thing week, about it. Roy Keane last week trolling Arsenal, saying I think they have enough to stay up, is actually maybe not trolling. Well, oh, no, I think it's I mean, fine. They should be okay. They'll be fine, right? All right. Where do they finish, Dave? Best prediction. Um, can they where do they to, finish? Can they get to ninth? Hey, should yeah, you? I think so. Should you bet on right just, now with Scott whether or not they'll finish above Southampton? I'm not taking that bet. Why? Uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't, I don't oh, believe in Southampton. Man, I, I thought you would take that one. No, I man. That was a name. I mean, this is peak Southampton. I'm not taking that All bet. All right. So what's interesting I'm only is only losing money Arsenal's got, got four <laughs> wins. You know how many wins Manchester City has in, in seventh place? Six. They have five wins. Oh, okay, yeah. So Manchester City has five wins. The table in, is in so... In seventh place. The table is so Arsenal compact. in four... 15th place has four wins. Right. Yeah. So when you look at that, it's like, I mean, yeah, they could probably get there. 
Hey, don't look now, but Eric Dyer is reaping the benefit of being the cheapest Spur defender. <laughs> he's missed one match this season, which was against West Ham in game week five. Now he's gone 6-7, six, 6-6 six, six in his last four matches. Got three bonus points when they played Manchester City. So Returns uh, in five of the last six will do that for you. Yep. Highest scoring Spurs defender. Spurs have only conceded two goals from open play this season. That is crazy. It's Hoybier and Sissoko in front of the defense. They're, con- they're giving up their goals on set pieces. They've conceded more penalty goals than they have open play goals. It's amazing. It's, yeah. What's really Dyer's amazing. price real quick? Five exactly. Uh, okay. It's I a little know. high. A little high. But, hey. but for those points, it's not high. It's not high at all. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, uh, for if – if you wanted to, it's not crazy. Heung-Min's son has scored three goals against Crystal Palace uh, in the last three matches that he's played against Crystal Palace. Uh, if you still have... How many people still own Aubameyang? <laughs> Is it more than 10%? Boy, man. If, if, if uh, it's, Do, do if 11% of dead teams still own Aubameyang? Uh Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, the leading scorer for Arsenal's midfield, is Barely. owned at 9.5%. For those 9.5% of you who, for whatever reason, are still alive and playing and actively managing your team, uh, <laughs> their next match is against Burnley, which is the Aubameyang match. So he has seven goals against Burnley in the last five matches. So don't sell him this week. A two, he's got multiple braces <laughs> against them in the, in the last five right. matches. So our, you know, the last time they played was February. It was nil-nil. That sounds more right at the moment, all things considered. However, <laughs> Aubameyang. <laughs> That's so true. Dude, if I'm doing the NBC Sports predictor, I'm, I'm predicting nil-nil no, no, in this match. I take nil-nil in that match. Yeah, right. Just so you know, if there was ever a time for – look. Has ever has a good schedule ever been wasted on such burning incompetence right now than Arsenal's upcoming schedule? Burning incompetence. It's so good, and yet you're not even considering going to any of those guys. Not a one. Jeez. Uh, Two guys ended up winning the predictor thing this week, by the way. Did they? Yeah, they split the jackpot. How annoying. How annoying for each of them. They're going to be like, really? (laughs) I win it and someone else did the same? Oh, so annoying. Liverpool 4, Wolves 0. Liverpool storms back. We've already talked about how the bad bad beat beat of the week week. was Jota coming in. Is there anything else worth talking about? There is. It's Salah and not Mane right now. That's the first thing to talk about for sure. But but, but why is that a talking point now? There's 30 points between them. No, look, it's... I mean, that hasn't been a talking point. Because people still own Mane thinking that they're going to get the differential. 9.6 people... 9.6 people. (laughs) Really, Brian? 9.6% of people own him... 31.9% 31.9% people own Salah. I'm so I am a little surprised Salah's ownership isn't higher than that. I agree. I, honestly, he's I a t- guy who's been well, worth captaining nearly every week this season. Yes, for sure. And no, look, li- listen. As much as I would love to, like, I I would still think owning both of them. You're spending a ton of money going into this week. Are, like, are, is it is it ever going to be a surprise if if Sadio Mane comes back? With a huge game, no, it's never going to be a surprise. And this week, if there's ever any week you want to double up on them, sure, go for it this time. But it's just, yeah, if you're, look, 
you're right, Dave. There, right now, there is no discussion about this. Mo Salah has given you returns in eight of the 11 matches, and one of those was a COVID match he couldn't play. So he's uh, he's continuing to perform, and Fulham is up no next. No doubt. He and Bruno. Yeah, yeah this, right? is, this, is a de- this is a dead discussion. And, that's, and because I have both of those, I can't get to KDB. Right. Anyway. I, I would say both of them are more reliable. Than KDB Look, currently, yes. Currently, right now. But, but are we? If you're trying to get ahead of the curve, like you see, KDB had a great week here, and you're moving. You're you want to move on that. You know, do you see either Bruno or Salah dropping off? And and now would be the time to go to KDB. That's the question I have in my head with my lineup right now. No, I mean I don't see why you. I don't. Do you ever look at Liverpool's schedule and think, oh boy, it's getting rough? People were doing that early on in the season, and no. it didn't matter. No. And so that's why now it's like, look, this is all gearing up for a huge match in two weeks. I mean, that's massive. Other than that, you look, what look what they're doing. Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton. The only issue between now and January 2nd is how much are they going to rotate? How yeah. much is Klopp going to protect players you know, to keep them as healthy he's gonna as pro- possible. He's going to protect them. He's definitely going to. So that's the question. If you're the, the league, you know what sucks is that Spurs-Liverpool is Wednesday afternoon or evening in England, afternoon here in the States. That sucks. Yeah, I like, agree completely. I want to take hey, a half day on that how Wednesday. How dumb was it that, that Spurs-Arsenal and multiple other matches were on Peacock? Weekend. Peacock is the, Dude, is the platform. You Peacock gotta have is, it here. It's it. You gotta have it. And until until COVID brings the regular TV schedule back, you gotta have it. You gotta have Peacock. Uh, the other thing to mention is this goalkeeper for Liverpool. Yeah, a- Adrian has been supplanted. So he has been removed as the backup goalkeeper. He's the third string now. You've got Allison, and then you got this kid. Who made his debut in the league? And the only reason I'm not saying his name is because Brian is going to bring back the "How to Say with Brian J" segment and teach us how to say this kid's name. The leading goal scorer, goal scorer of all, the leading goalkeeper scorer fantasy wise of the week. That's right. We should probably learn how to say his name because he might be relevant for at least one more match. Can we have? <laughs> can we have music for this? I'm Sure, we'll do something. I want it to be from someone named Kevin, but it's not like there's a lot of artists named Kevin to pick from. Kevin? Unless you Kevin. S- unless you stupid freaks want something by a Kevin Richardson from Backstreet Boys. Sure. No. Maybe some Kevin Hart <laughs> Kevin Hart stand up. Can you play that underneath? In the back. Kevin yeah, Sure, that won't sound bad. I like Kevin Hart. <laughs> so uh we won't do that. Instead I'll go where I usually go to the baby driver soundtrack. Uh Ooh. Good and choice. I would like you Baby to play Driver. the song Brighton Rock by Queen. Brian, do you love Baby Driver? I love Edgar Wright. And so, yes, of course I love Baby Driver. I love it Baby is Driver. an outstanding movie. This is not a movie podcast. In spite of the fact that Kevin Spacey's in it. Yeah, in spite Don't of Kevin. hate Kevin Spacey, one of the greatest actors of all time. Uh, Ke- I, will, I will hate on Kevin Spacey. <laughs> okay. for, for other reasons. He, for who he all is. All right. Uh, no, Baby Driver is so it's good. It's so good. Yeah, I love Baby Driver. Um, yes, please and thank you. Brighton Rock by Queen. Dave, cue it up. Let's go. This week's How to Say is probably the single weirdest one that we've ever done. And yes, I know exactly. That is saying I know how that sounds. Holy. (laughs) First of all, we didn't even get to the fact that this How to Say, I hope the kit man for Liverpool Football Club listens to this. 
because this will shed light into how to actually yeah, spell true. the name yes. on the back of his kit, I'm, which was yeah. incorrect, Scott. That's in the amazing. first half, it was. And I'm not convinced that wasn't Premier League debut hazing. I'm not convinced that that wasn't Maybe. the case. Okay. For a half, you get a misspelled kit on the back. I'd never seen it before. Interesting conspiracy theory, Scott. Trying to save the kit man. Brian, finish. <laughs> Runner-up songs for this would have been uh, Know How by Young MC. If we're going to stick with the Baby Driver oh, okay. soundtrack. Now, now young, that is young a, MC speaks to now my that was an out. That is such an amazing song. I might uh, overrule that and go with that. Uh, I anyways. love Bell Bottoms by the John Spencer Blues Explosion, which is the opening track of the song Baby Driver. Uh, Deborah by Beck. I love Beck. Uh, overall anyway, but like I just want to talk about music for just one more second. Okay. I know what I've said about Arabic or Scandinavian languages. Mm. Honestly, this is just so weird. <laughs> but this is neither. <laughs> Kelleher, is is your, this? Kelleher is your goalkeeper. Scott, that is your goalkeeper right now. There is no denying that. And he's good. But when you're... Where's he from? But when Ireland. When your first name starts with C-A-O-I... <laughs> You are off to such a bad start. <laughs> then it's M-H-I-N, which you think, well, I think I know where that's going. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't already know where it goes, you're probably 50% wrong. The issue here is one of Irish dialects. Okay. The one that matters for us is the Munster dialect. Kelleher is from Cork. Like the cheese? Munster cheese? No, that's Munster. M-U-E. This is just Munster, like the like the rival rival to the Adams family. Yes, exactly. Munster. Which is, he's from Cork, which is from in the southern part of Ireland. It's a magical place where words can look and sound however they want to look and sound. No matter what letters you string together. Nothing sums this up better than an Irish pronunciation guide that I found, which is where I always have to end up going for things like this, that says, that says this, don't worry, this applies directly to this name. As with the letters U-I, combinations such as A-O, A-O-I, A-E-A-E-I, O-I, and A-I, after a Old com- McDonald had a farm. A O A O I A E A E. Combinations such as A O I after a consonant are sometimes pronounced with a slight W before them. Yes, stop, stop it right so now. So we have C A O I. Sounds like we're right in our wheelhouse here. <laughs> That's why, why, that is is why our guy's name starts with Qua. Qua. Yes. There's no reason to think that that's the case. The letters M-H, why yes, I know you guys are thinking it, so I'll just say it for you out loud. It is pronounced as a soft V or almost an F. (laughs) You're telling me I'm starting the name off with a Qua. Right now, your Liverpool goalkeeper is another, none other than Quavine Kelleher. That's Quavine? <laughs> yes, Quavine. Oh my gosh. It's the Irish version 
of Kevin. C-A-O-I-M-H-I-N is pronounced Quivine. That is exactly right. And you put the stress on the on the end syllable on the end syllable. Quivine. So Veen, yes. So you're going, you're bringing it up at the end. Kelleher is, is exactly how it looks. Yes, that is exactly as it looks. Uh, as an article about Quivine, Kelleher said, uh, an ESPN article tells the entire world. The Irish version of Kevin. That's why I brought it up at the beginning. We're roundabout at the back to the beginning again. What is? What do you call it when you do that? You are bringing it back around. What do we? What is that? We are. We are full circle. Full circle. <laughs> hey, um, I want to give my fantasy half point to Quavine Kelleher because okay. his kit was spelled wrong. Sure. So my honorary. And, and by the way, it was spelled wrong. It was spelled Kelleher. Kelleher yes. in the first half. Kelleher in the second half. Okay, all right. Uh, it was it was kind of amazing. Again, I'm not convinced that wasn't you're making your debut in the league. This is a little bit of hazing from the club. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it wasn't. Who's to say at this point? He was really good. Okay. He looks. Did he face many shots without Raul Jimenez on the pitch? Well, there were a couple of moments where I thought to myself, if Raul's on the pitch, Wolves, Wolves have a legitimate chance on goal. And and they didn't. They don't have a Raul replacement. He had three saves, so he was doing something. He he looked really good. And even when a, a play came in, a, the ball came in where maybe it wasn't classified as a save. He did the right thing with the ball. He's a very intuitive twenty-two-year-old in goal. Hey, look, very exciting to see. I rarely will give Liverpool credit. I think I did it on Slack, and we need to move on because the pod's almost over. I want to give Liverpool credit here again. Uh, they they stomp on a a good team. The Wolves are a good team. They are. Uh, they stomped on them for nothing, and uh, they are a thoroughly beat up team, especially defensively, with uh, a lot of games on their fixture list, and they're handling them all, and they're handling they're handling it like champions. They are destroying people when they probably shouldn't be destroying people. Credit to them. Shockingly, li- <clears throat> they're tied for first. A little bit were tactics here for Wolves, and this is something that Wolves uh, Wolves. Paper Birmingham Live was one that some people were questioning the tactics here. A, Fabio Silva not being selected to come in as a straight-up number nine, which is what he is, and instead playing Daniel Podence as a false nine. Weird at the beginning. And and the way it was described was kind of a, a kick in the stomach to a guy that has been described as a, a generational talent. So it's that, true. So that's an, he's, like, he's like European wonder kid, forward, 18-year-old, like, Give him the chance. Yeah, at least give him the chance to do it and not sub him in. Also, uh, something else that was talked about was that this is the first time Ruben Neves has played as far advanced as he did, which then affected where Joao Matinho played. Mm. Neves has never played as far forward as he was asked to play in this match. So why shift the tactic for this? Then uh, the, uh, I fully agree with the match commentators. There is Why, after Nico Williams gets his yellow card... It felt like they went away from that side. It's like they switched sides. It was like the second minute he got I his know, yellow card. I know. It's such a weird... I was scared about that right, yellow card right, because then like, it's like, oh, shit. That was the Neto side. That's like the danger side. And they just kind of go... They drift to the right instead. So I, weird. I'm just, it's an odd... Which is the Andy Robertson side. Right. That's the side to avoid for 90 minutes. Right. And then it's just the uncomfortable setup all around. And then Connor Cody, what 
are you doing? I mean, you just <laughs> you, Connor, you, Cody. You, you just completely. I'm not convinced Connor Cody wasn't a spy for Liverpool in this Connor match. Connor Cody. I mean, he almost got away with the penalty. Oh my goodness! But I mean, first of all. Full credit to Sadio Mane. He made his body work in a way that bodies don't normally work to, to avoid, avoid that. that penalty. Yeah, sure. Well done to Sadio right. Mane. And, and everyone knows flopping in the box only works if you're wearing red at Anfield. <laughs> come on, so you, you dummy. Connor Cody, come <laughs> on, know, dude. This is all about Sadio Mane making it obvious, clear and obvious, that there was no contact on that play. Look. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool just smashed the crap out of them, and credit. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. It was, it was fun. So to wait, watch. You, uh, we'll finish it up, wrap it up, and then we'll talk about other. I'm stuff. wrapped up. I want to. I mean, if you own Liverpool players, you love it. If you own Wolves players, you're like, eh. I'm not sure why you're. But owning here's many the thing, Wolves Brian. Players, to your point, whatever. Like, okay, you, you don't have Raúl, and Fabio Silva is not Raúl. But you don't mess up the other 10 guys in a way where they are uncomfortable. Keep the other 10 comfortable and put the closest thing to comfortable in place of Raul in the place of Raul. Yeah. That's what seems to make the most sense. Maybe, maybe, maybe NES overthought this yeah, a little bit. It seems like a little too, little too much tinkering. Brighton 1, Southampton 2. This ended the game week. Vestergaard makes the dream team. That was a... Uh, like, okay, let's talk about the positive. Danny Ings returns and gets you something. Mm-hmm. Welbeck and Gross continue to give you something on Brighton. That was a that was a tough VAR call, though. Is anyone going to Welbeck and Gross? No. Let's just, let's just go there. I am, going, the, to the, keep, the, I am going to keep arguing for Danny Welbeck as a, as a viable okay. option What's as his your price? third striker. He is 5'5". Five, five. Okay. He, this is three weeks in a row of something from him. And sure. I, like I said, this is not about playing him every week. It's about how you want to set up the rest of your team. If you're not playing a third striker, Danny Welbeck is then as good of a go. player right. as you I can agree. ask for for that spot. You're okay, right. but Bamford is my th- – by price, he's my third striker. Sure. If, Would you sell Bamford to go to Welbeck? I mean, I'm only gaining like six tenths. Only if it's only if it mattered for you to be able to get somebody else that you wanted. I mean, that's, Jota's that's my fourth whole... midfielder. Like, I can't get to KDB from Jota by selling right, Bamford but, for right. But Welbeck. you could get to Zaha from Jota. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I like to me, I would rather have Zaha for the rest of the season than have Jota. I mean, I would rather have. I don't know if I agree with that. You don't? I mean, you I might just, be right. I don't want Zaha. Jota has completely shocked me with his pr- production with Liverpool. I'm sorry. Jota's ceiling is nowhere near what Zaha's ceiling is, and that was proven, obviously, this week. There's no way that you're counting on Jota outperforming Wolf Zaha over the course of the season. I need to know, though, are we talking about Palace's Zaha or Arsenal's Zaha? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Arsenal Zaha's <laughs> ceiling is like 30 points a week, right, Dave? I mean, Zaha's got seven seven. Points. It's 7-3. Seven Jota's got... Zaha 7-3. Right. Wow. That's that what I'm low. saying. And Jota is now up it was to that seven. Low. I'm saying, like, you're not... This is... You're not... This is after price drops. That's why I'm saying he's not that far away from Grealish, which I think there's no way you would rather have Jota over Grealish, right? There's no way. It's just it's just weird. Price, price wise, no, I disagree. But but points wise, I have to agree. And I hate Jack Grealish. Right. That's what I'm life, saying. And that's like, look, Jota has been so, an, a wildly popular choice. For the reason of his price. Someone arguing against Zaha would say this. I'm not sure I'm arguing against, but I would say this. Zaha has three games of double digits. 
okay, against Manchester United, his old team he used to play for, Fulham Football Club, and West Brom Albion, okay? Now, in those games, he had a 15, 13, and an 18. But the 18 was against 10 men, too. I just have to put that in there. All I'm saying is, add all those points up, along with the other ones, and he has an excellent score. He's like third or fourth overall. I, I, I just don't know... I don't. I, I, it won't surprise me if he slowly starts coming down that list because he's doing a, a, three big games against Fulham. And, and Scott, again, someone else could argue against what I just said and go, hey, Dave, points are points. He's No, I'm with you on this one. He's fourth overall. I've been a former Zaha owner and have benefited from it in years past. I am not interested in him. I would rather have Jota right now at his price than Zaha at Zaha's price. I think that's... Uh, bonkers, and I I don't understand why you would ever so, choose someone who is a rotation and is not. He's not a rotation. He rotated this. Week he rested. There, but I mean, right, yeah. But uh, look, if you if you the last said, five games he played, it was nine eight two nine nine, and then one when he subbed into this match. Saha's last five games were one five zero zero, and then an eighteen. Okay, and so, granted, I started so that say one and zero zero, and explain the one and zero zero. One was, was a yellow, zero, zero. and so why zero zero? That's weird that he would have zero zero. He must have not done anything good in fair, those matches. Okay, fair enough. So that's a, that's stupid. If I take out, okay, so let's go the games before that. I'll take out the thirteen. Well, I'll just leave it in. The games before that, the five games before that, one two nine thirteen one five. It's still, you add those up, it's not as good as Jota's. I'm just, he's got, and what, what makes and, him and better. Go, and go back to where Zaha is in total points, and then go to where Jota is in total points. I, like, I'm just saying, like, you're talking about two guys. Jota's position and what he is required and asked of in terms of what Liverpool are doing, he's not their guy. He's not the most important guy. He's a beneficiary of literally everyone else around him. I understand owning him. And I'm saying, like, you could have Zaha in your midfield with Jota and Salah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they are so close in price. What Zaha does for Palace is essential. What Jota does for Liverpool is not essential. If he does not play one more minute for them for the rest of the season, it doesn't matter. Shakiri can be functional in that position. He's already shown it if he could be healthy. Like, I'm just no, saying okay. it's not – there, there isn't You're, a comparison between player here. You're right. Fair enough. And I would argue uh, something in, in your favor. Zaha has a hat trick potential. Jota is scoring one goal when he's in. He's he's rarely scoring two. Right. Zaha like, has a brace and assist, two I, I, goals and, and an assist. And I totally – He has I, that in his – I totally understand and why. And I'm not sure Jota does. For I totally reason. understand why – like, I, I'm not saying Jota is bad at all. Like, we – like, this right. is a unanimous – like, Jota is one of the best signings for a team this season. I, like, I just don't think it's – you're not comparing him to what Grealish does for Villa. It just isn't comparable. It, he's very good. It just isn't as essential in any possible way that to what like any of the other main guys. You would never compare him to Bruno. You would never compare him to Sterling or KDB. So I, I'm just saying, like that, like the, the what those guys do for their teams is crucial. What Jota does is 
find. I, I, I hear you, and you are you are right on a level, but what makes this a great argument is that we're also right about what just Jota's giving you at Liverpool. But you're right. Zaha is to Palace what Grealish is to Villa. I just feel better about it if it's Grealish than I do Zaha. Palace is a Jekyll and Hyde club. We talked about club culture very briefly with Arsenal. I brought it up a little bit. Palace is Jekyll and Hyde. They're all or nothing. Zaha, and, and yeah, but, I'm yeah, but sorry, they, but, but, but you have an asterisk Palace next to way his... overperformed. They have played really well this season. But, but there's right. an asterisk. I'm sorry, points are points. Points are points, period. I get it. But there's an asterisk next to this 18 because all those points came after the absolute wrong call of that red card. And, and West Brom having to defend with 10 men for almost 60 minutes it in this match. It happens sometimes. Though. It does happen. I'm just saying you're not counting on that in a match. And you needed that against West Brom to give you Zaha's 18 in this match. I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a great argument for all these reasons. There's How so many elements. How did we end up on this from Danny Welbeck? That was I'm all sure. from Danny Welbeck. Because Oh, because of how you set up your team. That's right. Look, and we said it just a little bit ago, even for Liverpool coming up. Like, do you do you want Jota playing against Fulham? Do you assume he's going to start and play or in that Zaha match? against Spurs? Right. The, the defensive the, I'd juggernaut. Have Jota against Fulham. Right. The matchup this coming week is it's no it's no it's no comparison. It, do you expect something from either of them? I mean, either of them could get something. I expect in, more in, from Jota. If he gives Look, you an assist in a two-nil match, sure, which You're easily right. is who's, predictable. Who's the most transferred in midfielder this week? It's easily Zaha now. I mean, because that's the way the that's against the way, Spurs, it shouldn't be. That's the way the market goes, though. He had eight, and that's why I hate the market. Right, he had eighteen. So that, that is that is that is dumb <laughs> FPL playing. The same thing could Dumbass, be you, like you. You, said? you would Might have said well you be. said the same thing about James Ward-Prowse, who now is the yes. has given you the most returns in the last four or five game weeks. Now 16, that is sixteen fancy points in the last two weeks, eleven and a five. Right, but this is FPL official. Like he is the he is the most he's given you the most returns of any midfielder in the last like four or five matches. James Ward Prowse. I'm guessing it's six because eleven right. and seventeen were there. In six right. And seven. So if it's the last, yeah, I think that's probably true in the last six matches. So again, like it's another. That's another guy who you get. Like, come on, dude. What are you doing? Why is your hand over your head to give away the opening penalty to Brighton? <laughs> but he makes he makes up for it again. He comes back with an assist, and he's the facilitator for them. So. I will very confidently and boldly. Enter into a bet, though, that this is James Ward-Prowse's best stretch of the season. What what part of this? I, this I feel an itch, I feel a twitch. To make a <laughs> okay. Make a so bet. in the last <laughs> six, there's no deny. I mean, it's facts are facts. Points are points. In the last six weeks of the season, He's James Ward-Prowse has scored 49 points. That's there what? will not be another six week stretch where he scores that many points. I would even I would even yeah, drop that number that, down from I mean, forty nine. That's probably true. I mean, I'll drop that number down to four. True. I'll drop that number down to forty. You don't think he'll have another stretch where he'll score forty? Six weeks, forty points. Do no. I? When, when can I start the stretch? Can I start the stretch in week ten? Start it. Start no. Start it moving forward. <laughs> Game week twelve. Game week. He 12. will not score forty points over a six week stretch for the rest of the season. So he would have to average. 
Brian, do that fast math for me there. That's like 8.7 points a week. Your best chance of this, assuming health, would be uh, not until week 27 <laughs> when he goes from Sheffield, Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, West Brom, Palace. There's a six-match stretch there I'm giving there you to the rest of the season, season, man. Yeah, I, I mean, that's probably... I, I don't see why that's... 35? That's a bad bet. I said 40. C- come on. He scored 49 in the last six. 40 is still downhill from here. It's a and lot. And I'm giving that to the, you. The question is, would there be... Yeah, is there another six-week stretch where he'll be the top-scoring midfielder? It just doesn't seem like that's possible. He's 6.2. I think that's a that is a. You that's know what, a, Scott? I'm win, I'm winning in so many bets. I'll give you one. That's not true. I'll take it. You are I, not love I will take it. Man. Write it down. You Write that down. So I'm up for a challenge. I am into rooting for JWP, and it's uh, look. If I don't give you a bet, you know it's just bad form on there my part. Is, so, so the bet is at some point from it, this point on to for, the rest of the season between weeks 12 and weeks 38. That's right. James Ward-Prowse will score more than 40, 40 will, points. Wait, 40 or more? 40 or more. He will score. You see, so yeah. he only needs to get to 40, I wish, Dave. Uh, I don't love that. I wish I had 40. but You whatever. do have 40. I have 40. You have. He just needs to be over 39 Over points. 39. At some For point. For a six-week stretch. For six, six weeks stretch. between That's now and the That's still downhill from here. Yeah, it's a gigantic amount of points. It's the emotional roller coaster that is... James Ward Prowse. But at that point, though, I don't think, like, this week, you, you're you thrilled that he gets an assist here. Sure. How so, does Brian never get in on these bets? <laughs> I just love some. listening to these bets. They're so <laughs> can intriguing. I, can I just say, do you have anything else to say about this match? Because I've, I've got one more VAR point on this. No, just that, look, Vestergaard, ugh, and Danny Ings is back. He kicks a penalty here on a really... Iffy, a bogus on a really VAR iffy call. call. Yeah, I've absolutely. said before, I'm going to say it again. If you've got to take more than three looks at a play, it's not clear and obvious anymore. And if sure. you're looking at the same play, I, I mean, I didn't count it, but it, it had to have been double digits. They looked The VAR camera angles on this, it was more than ten times they looked at where this play was. Go back to where the referee called it. This was a dodgy penalty. I hate to say it. I agree with But you, you. know what? Karma's a bitch, Brighton, because you got the call last week. Mm. It got taken away from me this week, oh, and man, that Scott. is how it works. Okay. All right. Looking ahead to game week 12, what are you doing with your lineup, Dave? Week 12, what am I doing with my lineup? I made a move. Um, I really took one on the head this week. I, I, I just I refused to, get, to take a negative for last week, <laughs> and what that cost me was uh, – Losing a tenth of a point last night on Jimmy Dunn when I was sleeping. And so he went from a 4 out of 3.9. At this point, he will not drop another tenth. So therefore, I, I uh, made my free transfer to Tyreek Mitchell, of who had been bleeding away in my defense, to Jamal Lewis of Newcastle at okay. a 4.3. I still wanted to have a cheap uh, defender there. But other, look, I love my midfield, love my strikers. And I love most of my defense and goalkeepers. So I I like what I got going. I just had to – I either could have saved it. I was really concerned after I saw Jimmy Dunn drop to 3.9. I'm like, holy crap, I cannot afford Mitchell. Because that's the 10th you're never getting back. That's someone no. that's not playing. And I've done pretty good at keeping a high team value as my current team value, which I've been focused on but not wicked hard, is 103.3. That's good. 
it, obviously it was one of three point four, and I lost one that I'll never <laughs> get back. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I am captaining this week. Go ahead, Mister Sheep. Buy like a sheep. Of course, you're <laughs> captaining. It's obvious. No one isn't going to that doesn't have him. I mean, that has him. So I, I have been really good at screwing up captains most of the year. Uh, no doubt I will figure out a way to screw it up this week. Look, my, my options are great. It's, it's Salah at Fulham, Son at Palace, Fernandez home to Manchester City. I know that a lot of people will think we'll just stay away from it because it's Manchester City. That doesn't scare me, actually, have, owning Fernandez. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, I probably won't go there at Chelsea. Kane, sure. You could go with Kane or Son, but look, Palace has a way at times of playing a little tougher. But it's got, or Brian, didn't you give me a Son stat that he loves to score on Palace or he's never scored on no, Palace? No, he has scored three times the last three times they've played. So uh, He's not a bad option. The, the, the off-the-wall captain I'm considering is Bamford home to West Ham. Okay. Just because his XG, Brian, has been so good. And I feel like at some point that's going to cash in. I will probably fall back to one of my big hitters in the midfield, Fernandez or Son or Salah. All that being said. Brian, transfers, captains, what do you do? Um, after all of that uh, griping about Joda, I can go directly from Harvey Barnes to <laughs> Diogo Joda. Uh, so, uh, how, so good. how I don't do that move. Uh, before... I want to hate you so much. Look. I have point two. That's so good. Man. I have point two left, and I have Harvey Barnes at a six nine. Joda has stayed steady right now at seven. I mean, it's 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 happened a few weeks in a row now where the obvious move is obvious for a reason, and so I mean, look, it's an obvious move. The only other thing I could possibly do, I mean, that's the thing. I have Mares, so KDB is such a is such an essential player. Look. I can't make more moves than that. You know, I'd rather not take a minus four. I didn't this week. But I don't know how many more weeks I can be above average and still either not move up or move actually down in mini league standings. <laughs> it's a it's an absolute miracle. One of these times a, a captain will All work. Right. So uh but yeah, I don't see any reason why it's not gonna be Captain Sala this week. For the first time all season. The easy thing to do for me is nothing, probably. Is nothing. Yeah, well done. Top of the league, top of the mini mini. Well, here's the thing. So I I, li- I laid out my midfield earlier in this pod. Okay. I-, I love my front line. Kane, DCL, and Bamford all gave returns this sure. past week. I- there's no reason for me to transfer them out based on the matchups this you, coming you week. You wish you had my defense. A little bit I do because uh, my defense is weak. And, and I'm tempted to go somewhere else. So I only have three defenders who are still playing. Kilman and Mitchell are sitting on my bench. Um, Socek is number one spot on my bench. But even with the matchups this coming week, I'm okay with the three defenders who are actually playing and Socek in the number one spot on my bench, which gives me the luxury of maybe feeling like I can just sit tight. And if I do want to go to KDB after the Manchester Derby, I can do that and bring in a different defender as a fourth defender who's going to play and give me back my rotation again that I'd like to have. I have got, I've got a goalkeeper I'm okay with for a few more weeks with Alex McCarthy now after last week's transfer. So I'm feeling okay. Um, you know, I mean, when your squad includes Kane, Son, Salah, Bruno, I mean, you're not feeling you're fine. like you got to go anywhere. You're fine. Uh, so I think I'm going to sit tight. 
and I think I'm going to go back to from Bruno back to Sala as my captain against Fulham. In the FPL America podcast league, uh, the top two are unchanged. Crofty, Mike, still number one. Dogfather, Dan is still a uh, Dogfather FC, excuse me. Dan is still number two. Harry Potter, Kane, Barrett moved up to number three. Your boy, Dave, Super Frank's 11 is up to fourth. Come on. And then the top scorer in Game Week 11 in the FPL America Podcast League was Claire. Claire Bears. Claire's Bears dropped a 99. I wondered if it was going to be 100. De Bruyne. She was up to Zaha, Fernandez, Salah, Socek, Bamford, Calvert-Lewin. They anchored her team. Wow. Yeah. Well done. Very well done. Sheesh. So, Claire, well done. You're in the top five in our league now. Uh, but it's it's tight. It's competitive there at the top, which is great. We're coming up on game week 12 on the weekend, game week 13 in the midweek. We're going to give you another episode next week, but just know that you know we're going to continue to give you what we can during the weeks in our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Look up fan, uh, FPL America or FPL America Podcast in all those places and you will find us. For the FPL America Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.